0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome,
1: everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to talk a little safety this morning. We've touched on that issue, but it's been a couple of years, Lou, I think, Gosh, since an ISM show back in 2015. Yeah, one of those. uh,
2: And uh, it seems as though that uh, the safety factor in the work environment really has become an issue. And, uh, you know, insurance premiums are always going up. People are always dying. And uh, so this is a a good thing to get out to our manufacturing friends and listeners uh, to help perhaps – cut your liabilities and help save employees. So I I think this is really a very critical topic.
1: Yeah, it uh, certainly is. And by the way, uh, the company's name is Portacool, P-O-R-T-A-C-O-O-L, Portacool LLC. They're in Center, Texas. You will find them in thomasnet.com if those listeners who are not familiar with ThomasNet They're the largest directory online, largest industrial directory online. Just rebranded themselves as Thomas. Done a terrific job with that. So check out thomasnet.com and you can find All Metals and Forge group there, the sponsor of the show, as well as Portacool. So let's have a conversation with Terry. Terry DeRise is director of manufacturing for Portacool, and he oversees all of the manufacturing of their portable cooling manufacturing terry welcome to manufacturing talk radio
0: thank you thank you for having me
1: so
2: terry tell us what's so cool about protocool i'm sorry <laughs> i had to do
0: it it's, it's okay we actually get that a lot it's a great question because protocool uh, we, we make evaporative cooling products solutions for uh, companies and individuals that need a cooling solution Uh, That's actually really what brought us to the white paper that we wrote and and, uh, the focus of the call today uh, and your show is really on on safety. You know, we we are a company that sells a product like this, but it's really a safety-related product.
2: Give us a little background into the safety issues uh, Mm -hmm. that exist today in our country, particularly in manufacturing, that has brought you to the forefront to develop uh, this product of yours.
0: Well, it really started with kind of the stark reality. Um, we, we're selling our product, and we we thought that outside of why we're selling it, as we work through it, we try to figure out why are we selling the product we sell. and it's it's really to make people comfortable, but we realize we're missing sort of a, a critical safety aspect. Now, the EPA estimates that there are going to be about 1,300 people a year who are going to die due to extreme heat, and that's going to include in manufacturing environments. And so we started looking at why does this matter and how can we help? This is a this is an untapped area, uh, and our product does that. Cools you off. It doesn't work like an air conditioner, obviously. It's a spot cooler. Right but it cool, it'll cool you as much as 15 to 20 degrees uh, and given in different areas in the country. And if you think about that, if you can take it from 95 or 100 degrees ambient down to 75 or 80 degrees Fahrenheit ambient, then, I mean, you're, you're working in a much better environment, and you're, you're, you're correcting problems that people could have from a health and safety issue.
1: There what is kind of what's the safety? difference? What's the difference between a cooler and an air conditioner?
0: As you know, air conditioners use freon they condense the the air and it makes it cold that That's really what an air conditioner does but the the downside in a manufacturing environment is an air conditioner. In most of these plants that we work in, air conditioners are just not effective because frankly, it's not cost effective to try to cool the entire space. Now a spot or an evaporative cooler that we use or that we manufacture, we also use here in our plant, it uses water. Water goes through the the very simple evaporative process. As the water evaporates, it it drops the temperature of the air, cools the air. So the air coming out the front side of your fan your cooler, is going to be cooler than it was on the backside when it went in. It's really a simple and very old technology that's been been around for for eons.
2: Well, Terry, uh, I remember going to Palm Springs, uh, California, which is in the middle of a valley in the middle of, it must be Death Valley because it's so damn hot there. And I remember walking downtown uh, Palm Springs, and they had every store had these awnings, and you could look for blocks, and all the, there were a million awnings blocking the sun, and when you walked under the awnings, they were sprinkling or spraying or misting cold air, you know, from I guess a unit like yours, and there would be a good 15-20 degrees difference. It would be 110, 120 degrees outside, but underneath these awnings, it was very, very bearable. Is that the same
0: uh That's a, that's a really good question. Well, that's a very good question. It's somewhat different. Um, the, the key to our product is we don't make you wet. We cool the air without making you wet. Now, the misters, they are effective to a certain degree, but the concept no. is I'm going to make you wet, and I'm going to let the evaporation happen off your body. What we're going to do is we we cool the air before it gets to you, and you never get wet.
2: Well, that that, that was the same situation in Palm Springs. You no, know, it was a mister, but by time it it, it lowered two three mm. feet from the the top, it was just cooling the air. But you're right, it was misting wet uh, wet water, as most water is. <laughs> right, That's
1: <a> good point. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, how does a company consider their issue? Uh, and you know that we still find, you know, over 4,000 people die a year in workplace accidents, and some number of the injuries are preventable, and a lot of those are, well, I shouldn't say a lot of those, some of them are related to heat. How does a company go through their facility and go, hmm, I got a problem?
0: That's a very good question. You know, we, we, we implemented what we call an injury and illness prevention program, or an IIP, where we went through our own plant and said, uh, where are our problems? And the first one we addressed uh, was heat because it was hot in, in some uh, areas of our facility. We do lot, several different types of manufacturing within our plant. And some of them you know we have ovens and we have heat going uh, being created and so it gets really hot so we we took temperatures throughout the plant tried to identify where the hottest areas were so that we could locate uh, our coolers in those areas and and we had great success with that and we we found that even in some of our hottest areas we could drop the temperature as much as 10 to 15 degrees uh, in certain work spots allowing employees to continue to work previously we were having to take more breaks because the heat was just so oppressive.
2: So you actually created this uh, product of yours as a result of your uh, personal uh, corporate needs. Is that correct?
0: No, the, the the product was created before that, but we realized that we actually had something on our hands. As we integrated, uh, we, we vertically integrated other processes into our plant, we found that we had the solution already, to solve some of the problems that we're seeing from a safety perspective, you
1: know, we, mm-hmm. we were
0: we, once we did it from a, a organized and planned perspective, we were able to target certain areas and actually fix them with the solution that we already had. Very good, I, very so, good. Terry,
1: Terry, do you work at all in China? I understand that in China, many of the manufacturing facilities shut down in their summer because of oppressive heat.
0: Well, we do sell our product in 22 countries around the world. We, we have not made it into the Chinese market, and that, that's one of the areas that we're really working to get into, because we want, you know, it, not just trying to sell the product, but we're also providing a safety solution. Uh, th- this is a solution to a big problem. We can argue the politics of whether the globe is warming, and I'm not really all interested in that, However, what I do know is that you know, NOAA uh, and NASA are both telling us that you know, 2016 was the hottest year on record. It, it's getting hotter. We need to figure out how do we solve that problem. You know, interestingly, here, just here in the United States, one of the, the neglected areas, I think, are in cooler parts of the country when you move up north. No one really thinks in terms of heat mitigation there, however, even in a cold area inside some of these plants really hot, they need some sort of solution to solve this problem, and our product does a great job for them for that because it's green it's cost effective it's inexpensive to use i mean it's it's just a really good product for solutions uh like that
2: let me let me ask you a question does the um In view of what the product does and accomplishes, uh, and I don't don't know the cost uh, of implementing these systems, but would there be any benefit to the manufacturer ownership of the company in terms of a cost savings, either um, because of power usage, because it's cooler, you're using less power, number one. And number two, uh, uh, insurance uh, premiums. Is there any? Would there be any cost reduction for manufacturers by having a a safer, heat friendlier environment in terms of insurance, liability insurance? I'm
0: I'm not sure about the liability insurance aspect of that, but I do know that there's a cost savings. It's much cheaper, less expensive to use this product than obviously this air conditioning. One of the problems you run into with just a fan. Is that it just moves hot air it doesn't actually solve the problem that you have with mitigating the heat our product you know uses about the same amount of electricity a little bit of water and it actually cools the air so you're going to save money uh, your plant will, will mitigate the costs uh, of electricity by using a product like this it, it, it's not it's just it's, it's a fantastic product because of the the various reasons that, that, that i've explained
1: terry i'm curious uh, because my nephew at one point in his life was working in a uh a tire and service bay for a chain that uh you know works on cars and in the summer those bays can hit 120 degrees what kind of physical area does this cool? Uh, you know, five square feet, 50 square feet. What's the, what's the cooling area that it drops the temperature within?
0: Well, it de- depends on the, the, the size of the space you want to be in. We have product that will cool as much as you can. You can feel the air, the cooled air, as much as 100 feet away from it. So, uh, you know, it it varies depending on the the size that you're looking for, but we have products that will go into a bay just like that and cool that space well enough that people can work and work there safely.
1: Frankly, I was surprised that, and this happened to be in the state of Wisconsin, which is a fairly conservative state, that they would even allow employees to work in an environment that was hitting 120 degrees Loose at Death Valley. That's a Death Valley temperature in the summer.
0: Are there you're, any you're
1: requirements that, that employees have to be protected against heat?
0: Well, there, there are some uh, requirements they have uh, for particular employees. You know, the OSHA is really specific about that. Much of that's governed state by state, and so it depends on the state that you're in. Uh, as to what the requirements could be, I, I can't speak to all the uh, each and every state. Uh, however, really the key here is, from a from a manufacturer or an employer's perspective, is not just about compliance. It's really about what you want to get out of your employees. So if you provide your employees with a reasonable, safe, and, and a manageable area to work in you're going to get more efficient more productive employees that's that's really the key here so it, as a manufacturer and as an employer here we looked around and said we have to provide something uh, a solution for our employees so that we can give them the best environment they can work in and then it allows us to get the, the most efficient and productive work out of them that we can it's it's a trade-off but it's a trade-off that makes sense because without our employees, we we can't be doing what we're doing.
1: Sounds like you guys need a lobbyist to get laws passed that says that the uh, <laughs> environment can't go over 93 degrees in <laughs> some months of the summer. And
2: that's i know a lot of units. <laughs> I guarantee it. I remember that's right. my father. My father worked for the Government Printing Office in Washington D.C. and. D.C. is hot as hell and uh, humid in the summertime. And he was a linotype operator, which means that he typed lead type to print forms and so on. And when the temperature got to 95, they didn't have air conditioning or fans. They would just let everybody go home. (laughs) So in the summertime, my father worked maybe only a third of the time, but got
1: paid. Yeah, see to, there, and you to go do fish fishing the rest of the afternoon.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's, so, it's, ter- it's interesting. I, I lived in Europe for for quite a few years, and the European culture was built around, particularly around the Med, was built around, uh, you know, what was often referred to as the siesta, and that happened somewhere between noon and roughly three to four o'clock. But that it was because that was the hardest part of the day. You couldn't really do anything effective. During that time, because it was so hot, a solution like this solves that problem.
2: The hotter it is, does it cost more to operate the equipment?
0: Well, it just becomes unbearable to work in some of it if you don't have some sort of cooling solution.
1: And so what is OSHA doing in this area, Terry? I would assume that they've got their knows in businesses where there is a heat issue well
0: there there are some they, they do and, and they're they're really concerned about issues like that there are some states I'll say California leads the way when it comes to things like this uh, really looking at focused on taking care of uh, in, in employees uh, they they have a uh, called a heat illness prevention program that's offered through uh the the Occupational Safety Council of America in conjunction with Cal OSHA uh, that that identifies problems like this and helps provide training. That's really the key here, training for employers so that they understand not only what the problem is, but how do you mitigate the problems that you potentially have. Uh, You know, OSHA is on the front uh, edge of this. And you know as well as I do you can't always legislate uh, your way out of problems like this. And I think they've recognized that training is a big step towards solving these kind of problems.
2: There's uh, a point that uh, comes to my mind. You know, it's not too often that employers are appreciated by the employees. And that seems to be a problem every now and again in uh, manufacturing. Uh, the fact that you are doing something of this nature, spending the money putting in air conditioning so you can get more out of your employee, is the relationships between employee and employer better? Number one, and number two, do you get? Would they get uh, more and better uh, candidates to come to work for that company because they do have this kind of um, protective system in
0: place? That's a great question. I think that it does. You know, we have we have employees. You know, since we've implemented this, our our turnover rate has actually gone down. We're, we're really? seeing improvements in in employee relations. Uh, you know, and it's an interesting and maybe anecdotal. You know, we we always during the summer months seem to have uh, issues with employee strife and problems, but that all seems to have improved a, as well. Again, that could be purely anecdotal, but. Uh, our employees uh, seem to really embrace this uh, and, and they they really appreciate the fact that as a company, we're thinking beyond just what do we get out of the employee
2: Well you know it's uh, it's an interesting point that um, uh, it, it, because of the situation that the country is in now regarding skill gaps. And a reducing workforce, and retirement, and fewer people coming into uh, into the workforce. Uh, that I would think that it would be probably near the top of my list when putting out your ad for uh, new employees. You know, comfort, comfortable, safe environment, that type of point.
0: Right. So. Right. What's, what's the, your URL
2: address, uh, Terry, so our listeners can uh, uh, jump in? And aside from going to Thomas uh, thomasnet.com, uh, they can go directly to you.
0: It's very simple, www.portacool.com. All one word, Portacool. Portacool.
2: Portacool, the cool company.
0: It is the cool company. <laughs> we like to think so. How long are you with the company, Terry? I, I've been with the company for five years now, and I have to cool? tell you, I really enjoy working here. This is a this has been a very unique and interesting company to work for.
2: Well, that might and get are some you cool? can, potential candidates.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and it you, is cool. Well, while, while
2: we're on the topic, uh, how many employees do you have, and do you have skill gap issues and uh, employee hunting issue problems?
0: Well, we we actually do have some of those issues. I have about 130 employees who work uh, directly for me, um, and, mm. and we, we do run into that. You know, we have some skill gaps issues. Particularly, you know, I'm in I'm in rural East Texas, um, and if I were probably closer to a major metropolitan area, some of these gaps might be closed. However, you know, at least what I'm hearing from my friends around industry is that we're having some of the same problems as everyone else is having. So there are skills gap issues there, and we've, we've got to try to figure out how do we solve that. I recently uh, was, was invited to be on a board for a local school uh, that's working on uh, skills training. And the, the key mm-hmm. question that the school had was, what skills do you need? It's interesting because for all the companies that were there, soft skills were the number one uh, desire. Things like come to work on time, show up, you know, dressed appropriately for work, things of that nature.
2: How about drug free? That's that one. Yeah.
0: Oh absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's I think that's a challenge uh, for everyone.
2: I think that's the number one issue. And You're the, probably uh, right. Aren't The irony on that is that Tim and I are working on doing a show on um, drug addiction and opioids and such, and it was just recently that we did some research and we found that France has effectively cured the problem. They had a 79% decrease in deaths in the last two years. So we're doing some research because... I can't imagine that i lo- I love the French, but I can't imagine that they are so far ahead of us on this, and uh, that that means that somebody's not doing their job in washington and i don't and I don't want to go political
0: no, no, I understand I agree <laughs> with you I, I don't particularly want to either uh you know uh, it depends on where our focus is right i mean it's, it's right. no difference than us as a company looking around and saying. I really need to figure out a way to take care of my employees because my employees take care of me. And I have a saying Mm -hmm. around here that says what's good for Portacool is good for me. So whatever I need to do to take care of my employees and my company is good for me intrinsically. So once we stop and we can look around and see how do we better care for our employees, and it may be things like pushing on government to – to say, hey, help us solve some of the problems that we're having and we're seeing out here, particularly with the opioid crisis. Yeah, as, as a lobby group, we should be talking back to uh, our government about that.
1: Well, it's interesting, Terry. I, I'm surprised that uh, somebody hasn't come up with the idea of renting these units and then they move them around the country. Obviously, you don't need a port cool system in january in wisconsin but i'll tell you from mid-may to mid-september you could definitely use them those four <laughs> months of the year in any automobile bay where they're fixing cars because baby it's hot in there
0: that it's very interesting you mentioned that because that's that's a, a nation and 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 brand new uh channel that we're working we do have a few uh, outlets that rent this product, and, and we're working to expand that market right now.
1: Well, that's good. Sherry, we appreciate you coming on Manufacturing Talk Radio and explaining to us really what the porticool system is. I've actually seen one, it happens to uh, sit at the nursery I go to where I pick up mm-hmm. plants. And because it's all covered in plastic to keep the torrential downpours off the plants, it gets pretty hot under that plastic. And they've got a big oh, PortaCool does. unit in there. Blowing through cool air, and it, it works. It worked. Well, well let me yep. ask
0: you. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was just going to ask. Uh, I mean, Tim's from um, uh, Georgia, and I'm from New Jersey, um, and you're down in Texas. Are you selling nationwide?
0: We are nationwide. We sell our product you know, coast to coast. We sell it into Canada. We sell it down in Mexico. We sell like I said, in 22 countries around the world. Our, our products okay. are really moving. Really? Mm -hmm.
2: Really? That's
0: fantastic.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, we're very proud.
1: It was pretty cool. If you go to portacool.com, you'll see these are portable. They have a water reservoir that sits in them. So you can move them from spot to spot if you need to. Terry, again, thank you for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio.
0: Well, thank you for having me, and you all have a good day.
2: You too. Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks for being on the show.
1: We've been talking with Terry DeRise, who is the Manufacturing Director at Portacool LLC. You can find more information at www.portacool.com. So, Lou, if it gets too hot in New Jersey, just get one of these units and stick it in the driveway or something.
2: Well, it's sort of uh, interesting because uh, the offices here, they're always complaining that it's always too cold. And that's where I got my nickname, Mr. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> and the photo that's on the wall of my office that somebody put up of Mr. Freeze <laughs> I think, well, that I think that that was
1: more accurate I've been <laughs> in that office <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> No but I've it's let the, you have meat, meat I've meatlover. let you have the real
2: but I've let you have the real thing in the winter with the snowstorm and opening the windows and yeah, having snowballing snow yeah. blowing into my office <laughs> yeah that that that's an oldie but a goodie Well, Tim, as usual, good show. Talk to you soon. As soon as we talk about our other show, WAM, Women and Manufacturing, where where we have five hosts that we rotate. They're accomplished women who interview accomplished women. It's on every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, We've now got about 35, 40 shows, and we've had some of the most incredible uh, guests, not even to mention our hosts, who are just fabulous, fabulous women. I wouldn't want to take on any of them in a um, a courtroom situation where they're asking me questions, but they're really great, and we've had some uh, fabulous uh, um, high-level C-suite to shop floor accomplished women. That's on every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. It is at
1: www.womenandmfg.com. Tim? And all of our other shows are at mfgtalkradio.com. You can find a complete library of over 200 shows. Search on a topic if there's a particular topic you're interested in. And what? Was it 300 shows, Lou? We're over 300? Yeah, it's a.
2: Between the two, shows, excuse me. Between the two shows, it's just about 300 in the archives.
1: Well, that's quite a bit more than uh, I thought. We were in the high 200, so I said over 200. I don't know if we've gone over but 300 that's, yet, that's but we'll have a show.
2: Well, that's because you don't pay
1: for it. I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's, that's right, that's as the, the advertiser. the
1: Company's All Metals and Ford Group is the sponsor of Manufacturing Talk Radio. <laughs> And and that wraps us up for today. Stay tuned for more frivolity from the boys at Manufacturing Talk Radio. We'll talk to you soon, Lou. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.